Oh, I even have my clown nose in the car. I have several clown noses oh. here. But, like, I saw that one, and it reminded me, what was that day? Red Nose Day? What is that? Uh, it is a day where you donate money, you get a red nose, and it goes towards uh, children's hospitals. Is it like a Patch Adams thing? Did Patch Adams invent, like, Clown Doctor? The two scariest combinations of things. He had, like, a short film. He's, like, younger than us. For real? Oh, really? Ari Aster? I'm gonna shit myself. Yeah, like he had his um his thesis film came out in twenty eleven. And so that presumably that was his senior year in high school. And I graduated uh, high school, fuck college. college. And I graduated college in, in twenty twelve, so he's a year younger than me. No. He's a year older than you. Time is relative, man. I do my thesis <laughs> post grad. <laughs> I'll do mine post mortem. So he's probably the same age as me then. Yeah, huh. I think. He's a nice Jewish boy from Brooklyn, and he made a good movie. And, and then, then he, he made, made this a bad one. one. <laughs> okay, that, that, that's worse films, but still. Oh, was, yeah, absolutely. It was a lot. All right, let's start. Welcome back to the Hauntsville Cryptcast. I'm Anthony. I'm Doza. I'm Anna. Welcome back to America, Anna. Thanks. Is that who that is? It's been so long, I didn't Seven recognize months. you. Holy shit. It's been seven months since the Crypt cast has been in the same room recording an episode, so we're pretty psyched to bring you this one. We all went out the other night and we saw Ari Aster's Midsummer. So I think that's what our main focus is going to be on today. I thought that was like exclusively our focus today. I just can't think of any other films to tie into it because we usually talk about like a bunch of films. Let's do a shorty. All right. Because <clears throat> like... I, I went into this, like, I didn't want to do, like, a review-style thing, but this is something I had to talk about, because everybody seems to be singing, like, all my friends, at least, is everybody, seems to be, like, singing the praises of this movie, and, like, I, the, dude, you gotta go out, you gotta see Midsummer, and then they explain what they liked about it, and I was like, okay, yeah, it is visually stunning, and I went and I saw that, and I went, great, but then that was it for me, that was, like, where it, it stopped being a, a good movie, there was, like, redeeming things about it. So, like, <clears throat> their pagan lore, all of that was the most accurate that I've ever seen pagan folk uh, culture, especially in Europe, portrayed, because I have a lot of family who are pagan, and that's, like, minus the killing. It, <laughs> it, was, um, it was really accurate as to uh, even the mixing menstrual blood and pubic hair in with food, like, that is an old thing that is passed down. Um, it's, it's not something that most people do nowadays, but that was definitely something that used to be like common belief. Does it work? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not for me. I'm just what saying. What do you think, Anthony? <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> no, but yeah, I definitely appreciated the accuracy. That is something that we're seeing as a common thread in Ari Aster's films. Hereditary, the focus on King Payman is, uh, you know, factual demon from the Goetic texts. Uh, and they did a lot of accurate representation of that in Hereditary. So it was nice to see the continuation of accurate witchcraft in Midsummer. But like you said, Doze, it's visually stunning and that's about it. It's monotonous for two and a half hours. There's no rising or falling action. Nothing is presented in a way that is exciting the film just stays on one note and i will give ari aster this he's the king of uncomfortable like nobody makes a scene more uncomfortable than him and i respect that because that's something that we don't get in horror nearly enough uh there's a scene obviously fucking spoiler alert if you're listening to this episode we're going to be talking about midsummer in depth as we do with every film that we talk about so there are going to be spoilers we are going to tell you things that happen in the film so if you're planning on seeing it pause it go see it and we'll meet you back in and welcome back i hope you enjoyed your movie going experience i'm sorry that you didn't yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
um it's it's so one note throughout the entirety of it and the only thing that we get in any sense of emotion is that discomfort uh there's a scene where danny's family dies uh which has fuck all to do with the rest of the movie um but the scene in which she discovers that is one of the most uncomfortable scenes in the film i sat there and i was like i can actually feel for this girl right now and then she loses any sense of depth and character throughout the rest of the two and a half hours. Although her, her acting, whoever the actress is that, that played her. Um, Who, Danny? Yeah. Oh, uh, Florence Pugh. Okay, so Florence Pugh. It's P-U-G-H, right? Yeah, it's a Pugh. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so she, her acting was great. Yes. Um, she was excellent. I completely bought her grief. Um, in any situation, and also her panic attacks. Like, yes. I, I suffer from panic attacks, and I thought that was a really real portrayal of, you know, trying to drag yourself out of it, like, talk yourself out of it, but ultimately you can't predict when and where it's going to be triggered, and I, I believed everything that she acted. Yeah. But the rest of the acting in that film was just so stagnant, and the stagnant acting with the stagnant atmosphere it just it drew out so long and i mean i took a nap towards the end <laughs> well it, it was um, late I, but but when i woke up they're in exactly the same place as they had been before except one of them was in a bear suit i agree and i disagree i think that the actor who played josh and the actor who played pele they gave some pretty strong performances. I, I love the actor who played Josh because he also plays Chidi in yeah. uh, <clears throat> The Good Place. Is that who that was? The whole yes. time, I was <laughs> like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, I know him from something. As but soon also, as he opened his mouth and he had his back towards us, I turned around to Anthony, I was like, it's Chidi. He's like, are you sure? I was like, yeah. Oh, as soon as he turned dummy. around, I was like, yes. I, I guess I didn't watch enough of it. But I also, I think, uh, I want to say that it's it's Pele. Because Pele. Pele, Pele is the soccer player. Okay, Pele. Pe- Pele. 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 So just stop short. Pele. Yeah. Pele. <laughs> okay. Um, well, he was the other great character in this film full of nobody. Yeah, I mean, you could, you could believe his character because he was just sort of calm and played it out very subtly i guess i don't know if i'd say subtly but you can believe him because you have no other choice he's transparent about his intentions from the beginning of the film he does it in such a calm um and friendly manner that you kind of even though i was rooting for him at one point well yeah part when the scene where he and danny are in the communal bedroom thing and they're sitting and talking he's telling her like what she deserves and how Christian is shit. Um, I was like, you know what? He's I know- manipulating her. Yeah, yeah, but he's but also like, right. <laughs> yeah, he's right. And honestly, like this, the whole culmination of this film is for the better betterment of Danny. She's there because of her grief, and that is why Pele is so excited about having her there. Because if you look at the runic texts and you listen to the whole ceremony of the May Queen, it is about rising from grief and their whole culture is basically from them and he's the only one who's nice to her from the get-go all the others are making fun of her and treating her like crap and he's the only one who's like conversates with her when they're all standing around talking about the trip um and the only one who says that he's excited that she's going to be on the trip and yeah of course he's saying that because then he has his mayday queen that he can be like hey family i brought you back the sacrifice this is cool so ari aster uh has has said um, that this is a, a breakup movie disgu- yes. uh, dis- disguised as a horror film. Thank you. Yes, um, and that's fine, but it's also like it's a it's a movie all about grief and not just from a breakup. And I see, I can't actually get behind his explanation that this is a breakup film because one, the couple talks about breaking up and never does. Two their relationship is in the background of what's happening in the film. And three, they're so one-dimensional, I don't care about their relationship, whether it ends or it doesn't. Right, that's what I wanted to say. Like, it's... 
it it's in the relationship is in the background up until it's the most important thing and it kind of like hovers there and then comes to fruition in her her final choice and it's just like it seemed very weird and shoehorned in but like from from the get-go i was like so in for this movie i was like ready for it to be good because i love the way that ari aster does uh, portrays mental illness and her hereditary was brilliant it was oh my god it was done so very very well so like i it, it came out the gate a little weird though because um god danny's sister was it tammy tori yeah even in the description they refer to her as her sister because she's so unimportant but she's the inciting incident for danny's character arc or lack thereof so danny's sister whatever her name is uh is uh explicitly diagnosed bipolar and i think that this was a, a awful portrayal of bipolar disorder uh i i have friends with bpd I, yeah. i've dated people with with bpd and this is what an outsider's perspective of bipolar is i think it's not the way that it was portrayed because it made it seem like people that are bipolar are taking time bombs and it's only a matter of time before they go off and even like the dialogue corroborates that between danny, danny and, and christian and, christian, and it was just like that made me like feel feel kind of like sick a little bit in my stomach and I was like you you did so well the first time around and then you like hot out the gate with this weird interpretation of what bipolar is and then uh after we start to shift away from Danny's sister and the focus goes on her you see that she's taking Ativan because she has some unspecified anxiety disorder and she suffers from panic attacks and I was like okay like right there with you girl like i i feel you i understand like they were trying to paint a picture of like the friends being shitty but but give them more depth than just shitty mark's character is just bad one-liners throughout the entirety of the film he was he was a waste like so he he comes out and immediately starts attacking danny for like being being too needy and but every guy like, oh, I say every guy. It's so common for a guy who's in a relationship to have a best friend who's like, hey, why does this girl need all your attention? Even if you spend one night with them, they're like, hey, why does this girl need your, all your attention? And they get, like, the jealous best friend. That's And really that would be common. fine if he was the jealous best friend and, like, that was a character trait. But it was really just two lines for that scene and then bad one-offs throughout the rest. And he just... He didn't have any character beyond, I just, bro, I don't think you should be with this girl. And then that falls into the background once they get to, um, I cannot remember the name of the town. Uh, Harga. 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 He, he, he bugs me in such a way. I don't know if they were like trying to write him to, to elicit a reaction, but I think that was the, the wrong way to do it if that's what they were doing. Because he's like, oh, like doesn't she have a, like she needs a therapist. And Christian's like, she has a therapist. And he says, well... You should be calling them, but it's like therapists aren't there twenty four seven. That's not always available. It's just like the the words of somebody that doesn't understand, and so like all he did was just like be a driving force to make me angry. Yeah, it's like at one point in the movie he um, goes for a piss on their ancestral tree when they're in the the town. And they're all screaming at him and saying how disrespectful it is. And he still can't understand, after he's been told, like, what he's done, he still can't understand why that's a disrespectful thing to do. And it's moments like that in the film where I'm like, is he being put there to make a point of, like, how ignorant some people can be? But if so, then you should have got a better actor for it. Because I didn't get that. I See, I don't even support having a better actor for it because... I think to work everyone, with. Yes. Everybody did what could just they could have worked with. Yes. Yeah. Well, he couldn't because they need him for the ritual because he is Skin the Fool. Mm. Um, so they needed a character to be the fool. Just they probably should have portrayed him as a fool and a character with dimension that we could understand like, oh shit, like you're in for it. Because they did a great job of bookending this film and paralleling things uh when they arrive in harga uh the kids are playing a game 
it looks like tag and uh when they ask what it is they say oh the kids are playing an age-old game called skin the fool and so that sits in your mind and then later on when mark is skinned you understand oh they've skinned the fool yeah it's all it's all that like that very typical like we mention the gun and then the gun goes off except in this one we mention the bear and then the bear goes off boy does it go off (laughs) but like is is he also like he's also an anthropology major yes all of them are anthropology majors except danny so so josh mark um that makes his character even even worse like he should like he if you're going into this field with no respect for for people and culture and you're saying like i'm an anthropologist and i am majoring in people and culture he does he just doesn't make sense no because he doesn't have enough dimension to make sense the only characters that I felt like had any form of dimension were, as I said, Pele, who has, you know, he's two-dimensional at best. He is bad guy with a little bit of that kind of, like, charming element to him, whether it's manipulation or, you know, there is something psychological there where he understands that this community is better for Danny. Um, there's at least something to look into there. Danny, we have, you know, her... The little bit of history that we get, and then she's our protagonist, so we're kind of forced to try and understand her a little bit more. And um, Josh, who is the only person with a reason, apart from Pele, to actually be there, because this is his thesis. And he comes in armed with knowledge, and he doesn't outright share that with us or his friends. Look where that fucking got him. Well, yeah. Well, that's because he didn't respect them. Which... was so out of character because the entire Mm -hmm. time for two hours they're building up josh as this character with the most respect and reverence for this culture he is abided by every custom and then uh he asks if he can take photos throughout and they say take them yes he asks they say do it discreetly he does so and then another time he asks if he could take a picture of one of their sacred texts and the high priest says no and then for some reason, he sneaks back in and takes a photo of these sacred texts, which is the most out of character thing for him to do. I, mean, like, I, I kind of get that. Uh, in in his mind, I guess it's like, if if I go and I sneak in there, who is it hurting? If I just like I'm going in this anonymously, and I I just want to know because like this is my passion, like this is what I came here for. This is the holy. But they allowed of him to study it. They allowed him to look at it. So the photo is really just an out-of-character thing for his thesis, which makes no sense because he asked if he could mention specific names and things about the rituals, and the elders said no. And he said, that's fine, because my paper doesn't need those things. Yes. That's just another thing where it's like they just needed an out for his character. Like, he has to get sacrificed in some way. Like, oh, what if he goes too far in? Well, that's the thing. Every, everything that added tension to this film felt forced. Like, we were forced to believe that he would make this out-of-character move. We were forced to believe that we should care about Mark at all, and as an anthropology major, he would not have any respect for pissing on a sacred tree. Everything is forced, even down to the most shocking scene in the film, where they're conducting one of their sacred rituals, and uh, this older couple sacrifices themselves. We're forced to believe that characters like Mark, Christian, and Josh would have no reaction to this because they're anthropology majors. So it's a direct contradiction because they don't react to it. The only person who reacts to it is Danny. Well, oh, wait, I was wrong. Mark is not there. <coughs> and Josh's reaction to it was, you could tell, like, I think the way that he actually acted that was really good because... You could tell he, he was trying was not to react, to not disrespect them. Right. And then as soon as he got back and he was, like, typing away, and then Christian came in and was like, are you okay? And he was just like, uh, yeah, crazy. Like, and that's a genuine shocked reaction. It wasn't like, oh, yeah, I knew they were going to do that. Whereas Christian, nothing he did or said was believable. And that was down to acting. And the moment he was on screen, he always had this sort of, like, bewildered look on his face. As if, like, where am I? What am I doing? Like, they just, like, pushed him out of his trailer, and they were like, go act! Yeah. And he went, okay. I, I'd be really shocked if he's ever acted before, or if he ever acts again. 
like I think that's the worst performance I've seen from an actor in it was, it was such very a upsetting. long time. But we, how how shitty of Josh was it that he didn't warn them what they were about to get into the next day? Especially when Danny's family had just died from her sister committing suicide, and yeah, you, you know you'd think you'd warn her about that, and you'd think that her boyfriend would have said like the reason why you can't come with us is because this is what happens. Yeah, like even if not like the context, just be like. Trust me, you're not going to want to see this one. Gets rough. And, like, the second they were like, oh, we're doing Atastufa, or whatever the fuck it was, um, Josh was like, teehee. And they were like, Josh, tell us what it is. And he's just like, oh. And then it's awful. See, but that's where, again, I'm Team Josh because he's the only character with real depth and purpose. Because Josh said... You know, he chose not to relay the information to them because the intention of this trip from the beginning before Christian and Danny made it complicated was a thesis adventure. They were there for information. So if you're not there to participate, then for Josh, that's a disrespect on the people that are hosting them. And if you're not there to participate, then why are you there at all? It's not a vacation trip for them. Yeah. I Oh, God. I'm, you're going to hate me for saying this, but the... You just made me think, um, there is like one very brief moment where I did have sympathy for Christian and it's at the beginning when he does invite her on the trip. Cause like through his friends, they are talking about how he's been like trying, like planning to break up with her. And like, I understand that it is hard to be like the it's, it's a lot. I, I physically, like I can't do this, but he feels like she depends on him and he doesn't want to just like leave her now entirely alone. I still think it's a dick move. I, I think, he only does it because mm, she found out about it. I think when he's when um, what's Derek's name again? Oh, Ari Aster. Yeah. Um. So Sorry. when he says it, it's a breakup film, I can sort of see what he means because it's like the whole beginning is about him saying that like his friends saying like, oh, you wanted to break up with her, like why are you dragging it out? Um, and then something bad happens to her, and he's like, oh well, shit, I've got to stay now. But he still doesn't have any care or sympathy towards her, really. He's just trying to go through the no- motions of what would someone do if they did care about this girl. Yeah, he's and staying honest, out of obligation. that's just as bad. Yeah, exactly. Staying with someone out of obligation is just as bad. That's what I'm saying. And, like, and drawing out a breakup, the moment that you know that you don't want to be with someone, just end it. Like, that's genuinely the best thing to do. Um, but the thing is, the whole way throughout the film, is we have so many things that take importance over their relationship but there's an underlying tension the whole time of this guy's treating her like shit and that never really goes away the whole time because he's still doing it while he's there but at no point does he treat her any worse or treat her any better it just we just keep consistently stagnant with one tone but how many breakups are like that they go on way too long stagnant just no one's doing anything up or down it's just staying the same Nothing's getting better, nothing's getting worse, but you're staying there. And then I got cheated on, and, and now then I'm in the okay. end, <laughs> And then in the end, it just blows up, and it ends horribly. And that's exactly what happened. Yep. All right. I. You know what? I'll almost forgive the pacing because of the way that you <laughs> described it. But for two and a half hours, with an extended cut coming out... I want to touch on that later. There's, okay. I want to ask you guys something about I don't that. think that the monotonous pacing of this works in the film's favor no because it feels like a drawn-out relationship you're bored and you want to nap and you just want it over with and maybe the director's cut's shorter no i've I've heard that it's got extended scenes and extended rituals and like at this point the rituals which are in midsummer the equivalent of musical numbers in a musical the rituals happen when the tensions are quote-unquote highest uh even though the tension never really changes the rituals are almost exclusively done like off screen a lot of the like i wanted to praise this film for the creativity of its kills but they all happen off screen yeah they're left as as reveals yeah rather than experience kind of a good thing because the ones that were on screen when they zoomed in on the bodies it was like that makeup is the worst makeup and whoever did that makeup didn't know the anatomy of a face and that really bugged me. That's where I keep all my goo. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, that's another really good point, because um, in Hereditary, the main horror is lingering on the scenes for too long to make you uncomfortable, and that really worked to Hereditary's advantage. We got some really emotional performances and some really emotional scenes that we were stuck in. You cannot leave. Whereas this, they lingered on the corpses, and the more that you got to look at them, the less realistic they looked. Um, they blood eagle a character at one point. A blood eagle is a Viking disgrace ritual where they crack all the bones in your back and rib cage, slice open your back, remove your lungs, and splay them out on your shoulders while you are still alive. Um, that was definitely a creative kill. I've seen it done better in Vikings. And Hannibal. And Hannibal? Oh, I didn't yeah. see Hannibal. What? Yeah. It's a very, very good serial killer series. I'll definitely have to check it out. Matt Mickelson is an incredible Hannibal actor. Holy shit. But for you to say they did it better in Hannibal, they did it better in Vikings, um, we walk in on the blood-eagled corpse of this character who meant nothing to the entirety of the film except that he is a necessary sacrifice. And... The first thing I noticed is the head and the hands look rubber. There was no coming back from that. And then as you got closer, because they showed some really close-up perspectives of it, the only interesting thing about that corpse was that they took the effort to make the lungs still breathing to show that he was still alive. But even the lungs looked like they were made out of rubber. Yes. They just look like they put like a little bit of slime on top of it. I have a question though. Is it was that he was still breathing, or is it because Christian is still high? Because everything in this movie does that pulsing effect. Yes. So, so like, that's a good point. I know like that's what the intent of the blood eagle is, but like at that point, like Christian's been through the fucking drug ringer, so he's he's fucking tripping balls at that point. And yet his performance does not change. No. No, yeah, he's, he still has that bewildered look. Maybe he got there high. He's just been <laughs> high from the, the beginning of the movie. He's been popping her out of van, and he's just been zonked. Maybe that's what they did as a creative choice. I don't fucking know. He was so bad. Fuck me. Yeah. Why, why that old man jump poorly so his legs break? Uh, that's another good question because... Tell, lean forward or something. One, they're supposed to... This is a tradition... So everyone knows how it goes. So this man knows that this is how he's going to die. Um, well, that's why they got the hammer. Like, clearly this happens. Yes. Uh, maybe, okay. So they've got the hammer and it takes three people to swing it. Maybe he's supposed to have jumped that way. Maybe he's supposed to be killed by... No, because they all start screaming when it goes wrong. Well, no, because they're, the... they're, mo- they're mimicking him. Yes. They do oh. that throughout a lot of the rituals. They mimic the pain. Oh, and yeah, a lot of the rituals are about character. grief and agony and surpassing that. So I that understand sense. that, and I could see that being how this ritual is supposed to be. I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to ask about that. So like that, and when they're they're crying with Danny after she sees Christian cheating on her. Um, I actually kind of like that scene. Where they're where they're crying yeah. in the house. Yeah, they're like having a panic attack with her because then they're helping <clears throat> them through yeah. that, right? Yeah. They sync up okay. the. Breathing. breathing and that actually slows her breathing down and i was like that's really cool I, that stressed me out a little bit it was very cool but i was like when i'm having a panic attack the last thing i need is a bunch of women around me screaming in my face i was like i can't do it see but that's good like i like these few moments that do elicit discomfort so like for you to be stressed out during that you're there you're present we're lingering here for way too long so we're uncomfortable with danny well that also could have been like we were sitting in the front row and like this is uh, ari aster definitely like in in his movie he's, uh, he uses a lot of infrasound and so like i could hear the the speakers moving so i knew we were getting blasted with like a and I, as if to say from you know, his perspective, like, you should feel uncomfortable here. And I was like, it's working. <laughs> but, like, that that would have made me uncomfortable even without getting blasted mm-hmm. with those those low, low tones. Fuck, I want to... Okay, not that I'm, like, looking forward to my next sort of, like, freak out, 
But like the next time I have like a, some sort of like anxiety issue, I wanna I wanna do this breathing with all my friends in a circle where we all breathe at me. Come to me, I will scream. <laughs> Cause like I I don't know. I usually just like breathe it out alone. I like I need to just like sit quietly, and I was like, just no one will be fucking talking to me right now. But I suppose having the pressure of other people there, especially people you don't know. Yeah, strangers. Holy shit! Like. Even just, like, the embarrassment part would shock you into going, like, oh, I need to calm down right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> Shamefully that's what I thought. normalizing. Like, I'm, I'm a fairly shy person, I guess, when it comes to, like, public stuff. So, if I had a bunch of people when I was in the middle of a panic attack, which, like, I always find really embarrassing if I'm in front of people. If I was doing it in front of a pe- bunch of people and they started mimicking me, I'd be like, oh, shit. Yeah, I fucked I'm up. Gonna, I'm gonna slow this down and... Then go back to normal. <laughs> That's <laughs> so polite of, of you. <laughs> you got so like that that was like the a cool ritual to to include in the movie, but like a, a very tame one by comparison to some of the other stuff they do. And uh, like you said in the director's cut, like they're gonna have more I guess r- ritual on screen or at least mention the artwork inside all of the buildings. Those rituals, like, most of them appear in the film in one way or another. There are some that don't make it there. There are some that are metaphorical and representative of other things. But they do, like, paint, like, a very literal picture of what's to come over the course of the movie. And, like, you know, Ari Aster is, uh, I'm not gonna say necessarily subtle, but, like, so I was, like, paying, when, when scenes were going on, I was paying super attention to what's going on behind them every single moment of this movie i was Absolutely. like but- there are a lot of subtleties i could appreciate especially with like i said mirroring book ending and just like showing us exactly what's to come i think it was more needed in this film um i mean i loved hereditary but my one annoyance with it was that we got all the way through that movie if you hadn't figured it out by the last scene what the hell was going on then you need to rewatch it like what Actually, if you hadn't got it the first time, I don't understand why you wouldn't get it. Well, if you haven't got um, it the first time, they tell you at the end anyway. That's what I hated. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. I understand everything and love everything. And then that one last scene where they just literally spell out, in case you missed it, this is what this whole movie was about and this is what just happened. Yeah, we got one more for you. And I was so angry when I got out of Hereditary. <laughs> I was like, you took like 30 seconds of explaining ruined the whole movie for me the first time. And since then, I've got, like, calmed down and been like, actually, it was a good film, and I can't let that one little bit ruin the whole thing. But I was fuming for, like, days after watching it, because I was like, how dare you talk down to me? Um, And I was really expecting that in this. But because he did it just in the way of pictures and stuff, and the pictures made sense to actually be there. Right. Yes. It was showing and not telling. Right. He learned. And And so I was really happy in the last scene where it wasn't, like, it just stopped and then suddenly there was like oh by the way this is what happened and just listed it all because i did breathe a sigh of relief when we made it through the film and it wasn't explained to me yeah the credits started rolling we're like oh yeah i however i was waiting the entire film for that scene to happen where they explain everything to us because i felt like the lack of dialogue and the poor execution in the dialogue throughout this almost deserved an explanation at the end so we do get a little bit of it during the final ritual after danny is crowned may queen the village elders are going through and saying like okay we needed nine sacrifices and these are the ones that we got we needed four outsiders they explained that they needed certain archetypes for the outsiders which explains why not necessarily um i think this is where i was napping (laughs) (laughs) but they explain basically why Pele and Ingmar chose the people that they chose to befriend in their studies abroad and I definitely appreciated the world that they kind of created for this community where um it's this is almost like a, a like an Amish rumspringa for them like they get 
Yes, I did love that. Uh, they live their life in seasons. Uh, in this part of their season, they get to go and study abroad and decide whether or not to come back to the community. If you're going to come back to the community, you come back with the sacrifices at the end of this season, and it's time for the community to come together for this great feast. Now, on the note of the great feast, here's where I'm a little confused. They say that it's been 90 years since the last great feast but also they treat these rituals like a yearly thing. Well, they definitely treat the... Well, I suppose it wouldn't be yearly, but, you know, the um, the ritual for them, the old people to... When they, was it 72, they said? 72. 72, 72 is time for you to that's die. That's when they jump off the cliff and die. Um, but it only that, happens for two people. Well, it would just happen for those two people, but then so the next time that someone, year olds. whenever they turn seventy-two, they must it must happen again. What if we turn seventy-two? But those two in the people were not seventy-two. So I think. <laughs> Sorry, but they weren't. They were like eighty-five at least. They were not seventy-two year old. The woman looked younger. I think my she... dad's older than that, and he does not look like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a good-looking dad. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I I do think that uh, everything up until the final ritual is they do regularly um but this is like so they do the the may queen stuff um but i don't think they do the sacrifices annually i think that's the every 90 years one where they because uh, i i don't think they were going to build that beautiful building and then burn it down every year right i don't know i i think that's what it was okay it, it seems weird that it's every six to six 90 years 90 years? years yeah why you wouldn't do that because i mean that's that's not well, no, it was 90 years because this was the hottest summer on record. Um, so they had a little bit of like astrological alignment. Like this is why this is the midsummer that this takes place. But all, they show a pic, they show pic, a wall of pictures of all their Mayday queens. And they were all recent looking pictures. Also, why does Mayday take place in June? Yeah. But she's the May queen. And May is more like a whatever. It doesn't make sense every 90 years. It may not be every 90 years. It may just be that it's been 90 years since the last great feast because things haven't that, aligned this way in 90 that's years. That's what I'm saying. Like, every sacrifice gains them 10 years of prosperity. Is that true? Nine sacrifices, 90 years. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, uh, fuck you guys. Like, what, am I crazy? <laughs> But, like, the rest of the stuff I feel like they do do regularly, like, because it's just, like, that is, that is their time. They're sending people out every year, and they will live through, you know, each segment of their lives at their own pace. It doesn't seem like there is a, like, there's not, like, a fertility ritual where everybody gets pregnant at the same time, because it looks like Christian just, like, knocked up that one girl and then served his purpose and he's gone. And so it's like, she'll have her baby whenever, and there are other children in the community of, of varying ages so like it looks like they just do that when a annually and, and when it's appropriate and the the big one is like their their big culmination of like they we're gonna do this and this is where we restart that makes sense so yeah i mean i definitely appreciate the world that they've created for this community like clearly there's enough detail in there where these rituals make sense to this culture there's a reason these anthropology majors will be here so the may queen picks a sacrifice at the end but is it the may queen of that current year or just like every may queen picks a sacrifice maybe they do do this more often this is a fucking nightmare <laughs> instructions That's are true. clear because if <clears throat> If they do the May Queen thing every year, then the 90 years thing doesn't make sense because then the May Queen wouldn't need to pick a sacrifice every year. They would only need to pick one on the 90th year. So... Did I make it up or did one of the Mayday Queen... Was one of the Mayday Queens before, like, one of his sisters? Oh, I, I don't remember. I don't know. Either. I, I remember Because I'm we, fairly sure that they showed the his wall sister. Yes. and then... When they introduced his sister, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm fairly sure that's one of the Mayday Queens that was but on the wall. also, is sister just a colloquial term oh, at yeah, this he, point? Oh, yeah, he calls everyone, everyone his brothers brother and sisters. Sister, right. yeah. so, um, but, I, but, I mean, it looked like the same person, that's what I mean. Oh. Yeah. 
It wasn't Maybe. said that it was his sister. It just it looked like it made it a red haired girl. It may just be like the right to be like the queen, the queen of the feast, and you uh, you bless the crops for that year. And Danny just got the grand prize of you have the honor of killing your ex boyfriend. See, but also like but, to give us that she's about to make a grand choice because she has to pick between Christian and some rando, a volunteer, yeah, from the village. Um, like we all know that she's gonna pick christian there's nothing about their characters that says that this is going to go any differently this isn't a film where we know that our protagonists are going to escape from the terror we know that this is the be all end all this is why we're here we know that danny has made some kind of progression and she's been unhappy with christian throughout the entirety of she this had to finish her coping arc yeah, which is fine, but don't give us a choice because it's the illusion of choice. You know how I feel about the illusion of choice. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a bunch of stuff that I, I think was erroneous in this. Um, like their their prophet, the the inbred kid. Oh my god. Um, meant nothing to the entirety of the story. It was... I, I th- It felt just like another thing for them to be like, yeah, look how fucking weird we are. Yeah, mm-hmm. and beating you over the head with beating you over the head with the idea that this is a cult, this is a cult, we are a cult. Right, and like I understand, like oh, it's 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 part of you know like their tradition and their ritual and whatever, and it's just like another thing, but they they made it seem and feel like it was going to be have more of an impact because like they linger on him for a little bit earlier on he's also on some of the posters yeah he is the poster and the uh, poster some of them, yeah. and the the main crux of the trailer right yeah which, which I, guess, I know you guys don't watch trailers but i did and that's what got i watched so it amped for yesterday this. like uh, i guess last night after we we saw it i went back and I took a look and it's just like unnecessary. Like we, they got the point across with just the, the rest of the context of the movie. Um, and, but they do mention something that comes up again where they say that he has, uh, a, a clear mind. Yes. And I find like, that's cool. It would be fine if they just like had mentioned it and moved on. But then the village elder, when they are having the, the feast at the end and Danny has become the May queen he mentions Pele specifically to say that he had the clear mind to bring Danny. And it seems as though he had like the foresight to say like, oh, I'm going to bring her and she will be the May Queen. And it seems like that they had like discussed this or like that was his intent. One, was this a coincidence? And it had to have been a coincidence because he couldn't have known that Danny's entire family was going to die unless he's involved in that somehow. But that never comes up right, after unconnected. they're dead. And it's just like, so, one, he didn't know that she was going to be coming on the trip. Two, once she's there, he doesn't, like, immediately start grooming her for anything. He he seems more or less very genuine. He does give her the uh, drawing of her as the May Queen. Right. As, like, immediately when they get there. But it could just be that, like, this is what I hope happens. And because she said that the crown was pretty, and he's just like, oh, here, I'll draw you in the crown. I don't think so, because then that would detract from Pele's constant, like, being a step ahead. That's true. They, like, they've set him up to be this character who's always a step ahead of us. Hmm. I mean, going back to, like, her her, uh, sister's suicide and her parents' death, they really didn't need that. And the only reason that I can feel like... I, I'm hoping that I'm wrong, but the only reason I feel that he put it in there was so that she had a reason to have anxiety and panic attacks. And I really hope that's not the reason because then that suggests that the only reason to have anxiety and panic attacks is if something terrible happens. Oh, you're saying like it, it's genetic? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's. I would even say it's hereditary. I looked right into the camera as I said that. <laughs> Oof. He looked into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I meant microfuck me. Microfuck me. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I do I do appreciate that. And I, I, I wish that the opening sequence wasn't played off so much to, to be, like, I don't know, sort of jarring. I mean, I definitely feel like compared to Hereditary, there is a lot of shock for shock's sake in mm. Midsummer. Definitely. I feel like Hereditary finessed everything. It was tight. It was there for a reason. It was important. And all the shock was there 
to elicit emotion. But in this, there's a lot of shock for shock's sake. Yes. Specifically, the fact that they chose to have a character walk in wearing the face of another character for literally no reason. Yeah, that... Because the only real reason... And it looked ridiculous. Yeah, well, when he walked in and he was like... Oh, God, what's his name? Mark? Mark. Mm. Oh, and he was like, Mark, what are you doing here? I... Not... For one moment was like, oh, that's Mark. It did... I don't know like what he saw in that silhouette, but it was just like for me it, silhouette. There's no way that that could have been Mark. It was a completely different build, height, <laughs> everything. Yeah. Hey, Mark, your whole wiener is out right now, and we're not <laughs> supposed to be here. I think the the use of, of psychedelics was very interesting in this. Um, the I don't think it was interesting enough. In the capacity that it was good for like a, a fun visual effect for the audience, but I don't think it played enough into into the story where it needed to be, like, so prevalent. Because, like, it's very clear that, like, the guys like getting high from the beginning because they're, um, they're doing smoking resin. I don't know what, how do you do resin? I don't know the process. Uh. I'm not, like, a drug guy. And then they, they come in and they start doing mushrooms. And mushrooms, they, they don't make you trip. They give you food poisoning. So, like, your, uh, your pulse will increase or slow down or you'll, you'll get a fever or chills. Or everybody handles it fucking different. Um, but it does... Uh, mess with your perception of time like that's like the big distortion that you'll get and so like when uh and like having it be the the land of the midnight sun where it's just like this is the time of year where you have sunlight you know 20 hours a day uh and then danny wakes up in the field and she's like what time is it and they're like yeah we've been we found you six six hours hours later even mark's freaking out because he's like why is it still light at this time exactly that was like the the only moment where i was like yeah okay like uh, they had a a fun little trip here and that's like one little thing but then like every everything from there on was like you have to drink this tea and when you drink this tea everything will become wavy and breathy Mm. like it gets tiring after a while the only time that i appreciated that was when danny had drank the tea became the May Queen, and as she's the May Queen, there's a central flower on her crown and a central flower on her chest. That pulse. That pulse. Very cool. Which, for me, if this whole movie is about ascending, then, cool, those are in line with her uh, heart and her crown chakra, her heart, which is healing, and her crown, which she is ascending. So, I appreciated that. I'll take your word on that. I don't (laughs) fucking know. Um, I've suddenly just remembered something. You know when... Danny first has her tea and then she walks off and she has a panic attack and she goes into that like into the shed little shed yeah do you remember her turning on the light and there being and there a girl a behind her yeah it was her like, sister was it yeah, yeah it was like an image of her oh, sister she was like freaking out okay because it had the thing in its mouth yeah. and I thought it was like someone like gagged and tied up behind her oh thought, no and I was like what What? What? who was that person and why didn't they mention them <laughs> it, ever again that, okay, that it, makes was, sense. it was super weird because like the, the the visual hallucinations that they were experiencing up until that point were just kind of like wavy and it's like oh the grass is melting into my feet and my hands which mm-hmm. is a, a fairly typical sort of sensation because it makes sense and for her to be like okay this is a manifestation of my grief in that and have it be the only moment that's like that seemed a little out of place again shock for shock's sake where mm. we all kind of went ah. yeah. and she doesn't even address that like we notice it she doesn't notice it she doesn't address it. That's why she like she like runs out of there. Yeah. Only after like a moment. Yeah. Like, like she still lingers there. There's enough oh, time for the light to go on, off, and then she's like, "I'm gonna go. <laughs> it's time." I I want to know what what is in this tea because like Christian and Danny both ask about it and they're like, "Yeah, it's tea with some stuff in it." And I I don't know if either of you guys have ever been high, mm-hmm. but so I give Christian a lot of credit. Because if I was, like, tripping, and then somebody was like, hey, okay, you gotta come in here, you gotta fuck this girl, and then all the village elders are gonna watch and then moan with you, and you're gonna get her real pregnant, and also we're gonna hang on to your butt, and we're gonna control your thrusting. Like, that is, like, so much, and I would have a panic attack. Just, like, him powering through and just being like, yeah, okay, was... I I hate I hated that whole sequence. That, that scene really annoyed me, and I'm... There was a moment where I thought, 
maybe this is because I've never done drugs that I don't understand why he's reacting like this, but then I still think it's just down to his acting. It's his yeah. dumb, it was his dumb fucking face the whole time. Yeah. Christian keeps it together because his personality and his range of emotion do not allow him to do anything else. Well, I was believing him when he was sitting at the, at the table, um... Uncomfortable, uncomfortable and like rocking and a little like, bit. Like clearly, like he he is freaking out, but then it shifts from that to just like deer in a headlights kind of like hyperfixation, where he's just like, "This is where I am, and this is what I'm doing," which is like drastically different from what he's been this whole time. Yeah. Which I don't I don't know that, <laughs> that that poor fucking guy going through all that and then getting shoved into the the flesh of a bear and then being burned alive. That's what you fucking get. <laughs> I hated him. You hear that? If you stay in your relationship too long, you get shoved in the flesh of a bear. <laughs> Promise. Doza says you deserve it. <laughs> oh, man. I just looked up that actor that plays Christian. And? He's been in a bunch of stuff, and the upsetting thing is that he was in Macbeth. As whom? Malcolm. <laughs> How? How? How did that film happen if that... <laughs> Shakespeare, man. Like, you need to be a good actor for that. How did he even manage that? Uh, also, I'm looking at him right now. He kind of looks like Dollar Store Chris Pratt. I was oh, thinking that yeah, the whole totally. time. I was like, if Chris Pratt were in this movie right now, I wouldn't bat a fucking eyelash. I'd just be like, yeah, this might as well happen. <laughs> That's like how little of a character he was that I could just like swap him out and be fine. Anyone. I hope he just gives up acting and becomes a plumber or something. He laid down some fucking pipe, my man. I tried so hard to resist that, and well, you went for it. <laughs> it. It's my place, not yours. We're sitting next to your girlfriend. I, I was kind of setting that up for someone to say it. And of course it was me. <laughs> Low-hanging fruit, my mans. From the get-go, I, I mentioned uh, to you guys last night that, uh, like, of course it's a fucking cult when it's just, like, wall-to-wall, just beautiful young women... And then a bunch of gross old dudes. Like, where were, like, the hot guys in this cult? Like, even Pet Light is only, like, okay. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know. I was like, of course this is a fucking cult. This is, these guys suck. I get, like, that tradition persists. But, like, there's got to be some good-looking people in this community, right? Where are we're they hiding them all? Well, I mean, for the most part, they... They're on Rumspringa. Yeah, and Rumspringa is the only time that they can meet people. So, like, the good people and the good-looking people in the village are probably related and can't fuck each other. So, so they stayed out here and fucked all us? I guess we so. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, they got to pair off with probably some less desirables, and that's their only option. How did they... How did Christian make the, the mating cut? Oh, uh, you know, because they're astrologically matched, which we know nothing about either one of them to chart well, he, that. He's a Leo and she's a Libra, and they were like, yeah, good enough? I, I guess that's the criteria. And he's got blue eyes. But also, um, whether or not any of that matters, she's been doing love spells on him from the time that he got there. So, like, I guess astrological matching doesn't matter. But, like... <sighs> she wanted him, she got him. I, I wish there was more magic in this movie. I really, really do. Like, with with results. Like, I know she was doing, like, the love spell and stuff, and he does impregnate her, but, like, because she's hot, he's going through a weird thing, and he's high, and she leads him away. Or he is led away. Rather. Yeah, rather than the grittiness of the ritual being the reason that this happens. Right. And Although, after the ritual, he can't stop looking at her whenever she's there. Uh, yeah, that's definitely because he's totally scarred, and this is the person who did that to you, and you can't look away. Yeah, maybe that's why it works. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I just, like, I, I get, like, folk horror, and it it's, it's very interesting, and it can be done well. And a, a lot of this was, like, very re uh, reminiscent of, of Wicker Man in certain aspects. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Yeah. Um... Because it's a pagan community doing crazy stuff and sacrificing. Yes, but there's like there's more. It's more it's more concise. It's it's more well put together. This is just kind of like an empty space of movie where like the the sweeping shots are very nice. The the looks around the community are very cool. And again, to hit it home, it's it's very beautiful and a little trippy and unnerving. But like, Wicker Man had 
you know, beautiful landscapes, mm-hmm. daytime setting for most of it, and they, I think it's like an hour or 40 minutes. It's much, much quicker. Yeah. And it's got substance. This yeah. film is lacking any substance. I have nothing to grab onto. There's nothing memorable about the characters and the story of this film. Like, I'm sitting here less than 24 hours later, struggling to remember what happens for two and a half hours. The weird thing is that I would say that this movie is sort of like Wicker Man meets 2001 Maniacs, which sucks because I like both those films. (laughs) And somehow it didn't make a good film. It just, it was so boring. 2001 Maniacs has a ton of characters and they all have personalities they're all well developed yeah well i can excuse you know lack of camp i'm all for trying out some like highbrow horror every so often but we're two for two on bad highbrow horror guys mandy and midsummer oof oh no Um, (laughs) hang on Midsummer wasn't as bad as Mandy. No, that's like, okay, absolutely okay. not. That, there bad, are things that like, I can take from Midsummer that I enjoy. Mandy is now my the bench of bad films, which is why since watching Mandy, I I haven't got angry or hated a film or disliked it to you know a re- an insane point. I'm very logical. I mean, because Mandy's the bench, nothing will get worse. So Midsummer's not up there. Uh, just to backpedal a little bit, you guys were making your comparisons. I was sitting there uh, about partway through this film, and I was like, this is just Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 for vanilla old white men. Oh, yeah. Wow. Like, the plot is almost <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but with no interesting characters. <laughs> I, I'm using almost real loosely. There's a lot of big oh, differences. Yeah. I've talked to, like, a, I mentioned at the top of the episode, like, a, a few friends about this, and I have, like, I hadn't seen it, uh, so I couldn't really comment, and now, like, I want to go back, I want to get, you know, like, uh, a talk about this, because people say, like, oh, you, you know, let me know after you watch it, because we got to talk about it, I'm like, what, it, what do you have to, <laughs> to say about this? I do want to get, like, other people's opinion, so, like, yeah, like please again. Please correct us if we're wrong, we're always down to hear it, but... Yeah, this is another one like I'm the perfection. Back, back. Like fucking get 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 at me. Like I, I want to know, because I just like I don't see the merits of this movie. Like I, I don't re- I don't regret <laughs> having gone and seen it. I think it was important. Uh, it's a it's a good benchmark in in horror because it pulled a lot of like people from like uh, other interests in uh, into the conversation about horror, which yes. I think is important. It wasn't a cut and dry horror film it's not what you expect from horror but what i love about horror is that it's all encompassing of every genre and it always has been so i don't think that's such a new thing to bring other people into horror and i think that ari aster already accomplished that with hereditary there were a ton of people talking about hereditary after it happened that aren't typical horror watchers so yeah i don't think that this is like a real milestone for midsummer I think this is just kind of like trying to keep the Ari Aster wave going. Exactly. And I I just think this was a big dip coming down from Midsummer. That uh, is the from Hereditary. That is the one thing that I've been hearing, you know, having them both be, you know, done by Ari Aster, like it, it's hard not to draw comparisons between the two and almost universally I've heard like, you know, this was this was good. I did enjoy this, but I prefer Hereditary. Hereditary was better, and okay, at least we're on the same page there. That's about the best I've heard for Midsummer. Is people saying I really liked it, but Hereditary was better, and the only um, justification that I've heard from uh, a couple people now for why they liked it is one, the aesthetic. Which fine, the aesthetic for Midsummer is like incomparable. it's absolutely stunning and I cannot knock any element of that and like you said Doza even the foreground and the background are just as important as each other there's always something happening cool good it's all important and the kills but I don't think they were creative enough or interesting enough to justify the two-hour lead-up to the half hour of story agreed like I've seen the same thing done before and better and 
I don't know. Maybe I'm, I got desensitized or something because there, there were reactions, like audible reactions, to from people in the theater. But there was like a like an unnecessary amount of laughing. Yes, um, a lot of laughter in that theater. Well, because like I guess word got out. They're like, "Yo, this movie is trippy. You should go see it high." And I'm I think sure, maybe. a lot of the people that were in the audience when we saw it were kids, though, because as soon as there was someone naked, you just heard this wave of giggling throughout the theater. Wieners and are fucking funny. They're so weird looking. <laughs> You guys have closing remarks. I fucking I don't know. Go 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 see it. No. Whoa. Don't. No. Go see or it. Don't like make your mm. make your mind up. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like everybody should be able to form take their a own opinion. Okay. You. Take a nap if you get bored. We've pretty much go told you see what, it, what we've told you what happens. But don't pay full price to see it. I don't go. think we're allowed to do that. Yeah, you go on a Tuesday when oh, tickets okay. are half price. I thought you were saying like, oh, go on fucking pirate bet no that's still a thing holy shit i, I am old stop being old um, doza uh so you guys want your fear of the day yeah always <laughs> yeah like you have to fucking ask astrophobia is it fear of astrology no <laughs> it's fear of space mm, oh, closer come on i keep getting these like close ones um it's fear that the alignment of the stars has more to do with our lives than we care to admit. No, that's astrology. <laughs> <laughs> the fear. <laughs> no, astrophobia is the fear of thunder and lightning and atmospheric events. No, fuck that. Aww. Fuck you. I'll make the rules. Zeus does. <laughs> So I heard you guys have recommendations that you planned out in ahead. I heard time. you have a recommendation that you planned out ahead of the time. I have a recommendation that I just thought of now with your help. <laughs> you were just listing movies at me. Um, so have either of you seen The Invitation? No. Is that The Dinner Party? Yeah. Yes. I love this movie. Um, I don't. I can't. I don't want to go too far into it because I don't want to blow anything away. But there is a uh, a couple that breaks up, a husband and wife, uh, after the accidental death of their son. And they go to a dinner party where they see their friends for the first time after this incident and their big breakup. And one of their friends mentions a support group that they've been going to that has some sort of, like, culty vibes to it. And so it's... Uh, it, focuses on their experience at this dinner party and i cannot sing its praises enough um it's got uh one of my favorite like horror hot boys in it that i feel like doesn't uh, get enough credit uh logan marshall green he was in devil and uh another elevator movie <laughs> and uh prometheus i think he's uh super yummy and he's got a beard and long hair in this one so no 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 i like how Midsummer so missed the mark that your recommendation has more to do with hereditary than it does to Midsummer. This is a cult. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Anna. Um. So I'm gonna recommend something that probably everyone's watched as usual. Um. The craft. Uh, Night of the Demon. Um, no. What? Night of the Demon. You haven't watched Night of the Demon? Oh. I ain't watched nothing. Okay, so it's, I want to say, 1950s uh, British horror film. Um, oh, that's why. And it's about an American psychologist that comes over to Britain to uh, study a satanic uh, cult. It's super fun. Not going to say anything. And a lot of the locations are near where I live, so they use, like, the British Museum and places like that. It's all when you were allowed to basically shoot anywhere. So got some really good locations and good acting so i recommend that oh i'm excited now i love when you guys have something that i haven't seen which is often i guess <laughs> um at the date i'm gonna recommend a film that i've probably already recommended um so the ritual <laughs> no we've We're definitely the void <laughs> already recommended the ritual in the void multiple times so if you guys Martyrs. haven't stepped up and watched the ritual the void and martyrs go home go do it oh um <laughs> But no, I'm going to recommend Apostle, which I think is still on Netflix. 
Uh, it is a very Lovecraftian cult film. I think it achieves a lot of the same intent that Midsummer did, uh, or that Midsummer intended to do, yeah. <laughs> but missed the mark on. Uh, yeah, definitely check out Apostle if it's on Netflix. I can't... Is it an original? I don't think so. Oh, I, I feel like it's been on there forever. Maybe it is. It could be. I watched it a while ago. It's very good. Yeah, check it out. I can't say too much without spoiling it. It's Lovecraftian. It's got cults in it. Uh, it achieves Midsummer's intent better than Midsummer did. So that is my recommendation. And suck on that, Ari Aster. Anthony, take us out. Thank you guys for tuning into the Hauntsville Crypt cast. I'm Anthony. I'm Doza. I'm Anna. In house. Happy hauntings. See you in hell. did it we forgot to hit record